Yeah, what are you singing? I'm singing. Um, I'm the, 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 we do a double shot, so 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 I'm singing. My first two is going to be "Tricky" by Run DMC. Nice. And and I'm going to do um, you 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 got to fight for the right to party right. by by a, okay. one of the best bands of all time, the Beastie Boys. I like the way you work it. I like the way you work it. No diggity. No diggity. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I like the way you work it. No diggity. Yeah. Bottom man and freezing full of facts. Too many cooks, too many cooks. 
Okay. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I hope everybody enjoyed me playing every single clip on the board to stall for time to try and figure out what the hell was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, after a long five minutes, I'm sure. We'll see if Calvin enjoyed it or not. Uh, my name is Matt Rurry. This is Careless Whispers, and we're, we're on the air. It's November. It's been a, over a month since we've done a show, and we're here to, to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, which is fitting that we got started late because uh, Calvin could not hear me. <clears throat> Calvin, you can hear me now. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Is anybody still is anybody still listening to this? Is anybody, that's actually general. That's a question I'd like to ask in general. Is anybody still listening to this? Not even this specific pod, this specific podcast, but just in general, I would love to know if anybody is still listening to our show. People know uh, still people have a show. Still, people still listen to CLNS Media, which is the proud host of Careless Whispers for sure. Uh, I can tell you that much. And uh, I'm going to make sure that my Twitter has our show posted right now. But I can tell you that um, our last show, October 9th, had 65 people listen to it. How about that? 65 people. Yeah, we're really, I feel like we're really taking a dive because we're not doing shows. We gotta, we gotta get back to doing this more regularly. Right. But anyway. yeah, there, there were times. I mean, we don't need to brag about numbers because we don't get the numbers that most of the other programs on CLNS Media get. We have a very niche uh, audience, and we love them. To but, be fair, we uh, also we, we were getting a couple hundred for a little while, and we were yeah. consistent, and then we were down to about a hundred, and then we dipped even further, uh, and. We got to find a way to get these people back, Calvin, because they they were out there. They, there were people that loved you, and probably some that loved me too. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we put absolutely no effort into promoting this other than you putting it on your Twitter. We're like, right. we're the worst. We're just terrible people. But that being said, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I mean, you're doing well, right? Yes, I am doing well. I, I I mean, I'm sad to say that we haven't had a show since the World Series ended. So, neener, neener. How about that? In your face, Calvin. You lose. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't even going to talk about it. But, you, but well, you, you know, your team played my team. We didn't get to talk during the World Series. That's right. Um, we were supposed to have a show, and then we were supposed to have another show, and another show, and another show, and it just snowballed into no shows. And here we are. So, uh, ten minutes into the show... <laughs> I'm going to say that the Red Sox came out of nowhere just like they did a few years ago. And I'm a little nervous that there's going to be a bit of a dip next year. I'm not sure this team can sustain. And I, and I, I just, I'm happy with the world series win. It's a month later almost. And it's, it's kind of surreal still. So, We'll see if they can sustain. They're definitely not going to tank and, and be like the uh, the John Farrell Red Sox, where they are in last place the year after they win a World Series. But the Yankees look like they're ready to gear up. So I think the, the Red Sox kind of had to have a history of uh, trying to coast after they win a World Series. And I, I think that this team has the potential to win multiple. So I hope they don't try and coast next year is what, is what I'm trying to say. Don't they have a bunch of free agents? Isn't there like an issue where like I thought I read something about they're not really lined up the way uh, certain of the but that you tell me. Um, they do they do have a handful of free agents. Craig Kim, Kim, uh, Craig Kimbrell just 
declined the qualifying offer. So, I mean, obviously that doesn't mean he's just going to go away, but uh, he's one of those guys that they're going to have to give a contract to um, if they want to keep him, of course. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Dave Dombrowski does in the off season here. I just, I would for once want to see the Red Sox try and try and hit the gas a little harder once they win one and go try and go back to back or at least get back there in, in two years in a row. So, um, it just it seems like they don't they don't do that when they win. It, it seems like the following year, and then and then the year after that they might be a contender again. But it just seems like the following year they're kind of above average, and I I don't think that the talent on this team uh, deserves that. So I hope that they they go out and they continue to fill holes on the roster and, and try and put another winner out there. Let me ask you this question about the Dodgers. They've won the division six years in a row, which means they've been in the playoffs six years in a row. They've lost the last two World Series. Um, I, 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 the, the, for some reason, the defining like narrative around Dodgers just as always Kershaw, which just annoys me to no end. And we can touch on that if you want to. But I guess my question for you, as a Red Sox fan, is like they haven't won since '88. Like, how long? And, and you know they repeatedly make the playoffs and then lose again. Like, how long until it's like fair to to assign some sort of like uh you know negative connotation to this oh this is now it's a team that can't win like how many how many years until like they're they're cursed or they're like oh this this franchise that hasn't won in so long 10 more years what are we talking about here are we there what is uh uh Kershaw's contract status right now he's got a couple of years left or something whenever he goes he i, I love no, the guy he's a great He's, he's amazing, right? But for some reason, they, they don't they don't win when he pitches in the playoffs as often as you would think they would as an ace, number one starter, Hall of Fame caliber player. And he just his playoff record is too close to five hundred, in my opinion. So Kershaw had an out in his contract, and uh, it was just renegotiated for an extra three years. Three years, so okay. Yeah. So you've got to find a way to to get. Listen, I, I honestly going into the season, nobody knew, nobody would have told you that the Red Sox were going to win the World Series. Although they were favored to win the AL East, and I, I think I, their number to get to the champion AL Championship Series was pretty good too. But uh, people, I, I didn't, nobody really thought they could win the World Series because their bullpen was so terrible, and, and throughout the season it was not very good. Uh, and it just goes to show you that the, the bullpens around the league are, are really not that great. The Dodgers had a pretty good one, and they still found a way to, to, to fall apart because the Red Sox offense was was just clicking at, at times. So it's not easy to win the World Series. I, I think the, the Red Sox may have found a, a flash-in-the-pan type of thing here uh, because their bullpen is still not going to be that great. Their offense is – to me, fine. I think that they're going to be they, – they've got, they've got a, a good thing going if they can find a way to bring some of their guys back and and uh, fill holes if some of the role players leave. Uh, but the pitching is always a premium in the, in the major leagues, and especially recently, it seems like teams are going in a different direction where they are building their pitching staffs from the bullpen out. And we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, over the past year or so, maybe once or twice on this show, but it's it's just a different philosophy in baseball, and it's it's starting to grow because even though you didn't really see 
relievers coming up and starting games in the playoffs, at least for the Red Sox, you did see starting pitchers take, being taken out much quicker than you might have expected and having to piece it together with guys that you really didn't think were going to be able to play uh, or play well, I should say. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a new philosophy. And I think that uh, that's kind of the way that the teams are starting to go. So it, you've got to find a way as, a, as a, a Dodgers organization to find a bullpen that's going to be able to back up Clayton Kershaw if he has a bad game. Cause if he's not perfect, it, it seems like that staff can't pick it up. Yeah, here's here's the thing about bullpens, though. I mean, bullpens are kind of enigmatic of the larger thing about baseball, which is baseball is stupid in in the sense of like, <laughs> not in the sense of like screw baseball, more in the sense of like, I know how good. Look, Anthony Davis, his numbers might fluctuate from year to year slightly, but you know how good he is unless he gets hurt or starts to age out of, of his prime, right? In, in baseball, especially with bullpens, more than anything else, you talk about the Red Sox bullpen not being good. The Red Sox bullpen might be amazing next year. First of all, right. a, a guy will have a, a guy will have like a one thirty ERA one year, and then I'll have a four thirty ERA the next year. Doesn't make any sure. sense, especially, especially in the bullpen. Now there are a couple of guys, the guys who are getting paid, right? The, the elite, the elite closers, you know, the the, the, the Kimbrels and Jansons of the world who are getting paid because they've been consistently dominant. But how many of those guys are in, in, in baseball? Ten? So outside of those dudes, like, who knows? The Red Sox might have an amazing bullpen next year. The Dodgers bullpen might be terrible. Or and it's probably going to be three different guys in the bullpen. There'll be two guys coming up from the minor leagues. To, like, the idea of, of building through the bullpen, it makes sense to me when you're like a money team like both of these teams are and your, your bullpen gets up to a bad start and you can send a guy to the minors and pick up a dude off the nationals or whoever's the, the, the hot hand of that year. Then you try to build your bullpen that year. But like are the Brewers going to have a dominant bullpen again next year? I don't know that. I'm not, I'm not confident in that at all. Who knows? And I guess, I guess that's kind of how I feel about baseball too. Yeah. Like, you know, congrats to Red Sox won sure. the world series. But do I, I mean, I do. I act. I I still don't actually think they had a better team than the Astros, if, if that's what we're talking about. I mean, they definitely had a better team than the Dodgers, but I I just think that's the nature of baseball. You're right. That that is the nature of baseball, and they found a way to beat the Astros pretty handily. Actually, it didn't yeah. go seven. So, uh, yeah, that to me means that they they were the better team in that moment. So, looking at a roster at the beginning of the season, that's why they play the games, right? That's the old cliche. Anyway. Uh, that's eight minutes more baseball talk than we've done in the last probably six months. So there you have that. Let's get to the good stuff. Um, <laughs> Even you don't like baseball. All right. No, I, I, I like baseball. I'm, I'm just uh, a little strung out on baseball, I guess, is the, is the way to put it. Like I watched a lot of those, those playoff games. I was starting to watch games towards the end of the season. Still need to find a way games and I know they're working on it so we'll see what happens but uh, until baseball is a little bit quicker throughout the regular season I have no reason to talk about it until right now November 13th (laughs) all right fair enough um so then who what's next again oh the Celtics yeah yeah so now we do another Boston team the Celtics because people are freaking out about this team Calvin I don't know if you've noticed this have you realized have have you seen have you seen people freaking out at all 
No, I was going to ask you for a reaction. Here's here's the thing. All right, confession time. I uh, have had a change in my work status, and for the most part, mm-hmm. I am working evenings. I do not work on Tuesdays, which is why uh, I'm still capable of doing this podcast. So the uh, you're you fluctuating and out on that a little more than I do, which is why we. Yes, I've, I've burned you a few times in the past month. Yes. But um, yeah, that being said, and this is why I don't you, you know. Uh, you haven't really heard me on or at all heard me on the Celtics post game show as I normally am a part of that rotation. It's because I'm, I'm not really capable at the moment. So I've only seen a couple of Celtics games and I don't think I've even watched a single Celtics game in its entirety. I've watched chunks of, of a couple, actually that's not true. Early in the season, I watched two. So, but, so, uh, but you know, in the last couple of weeks, I have not really had much of an opportunity to see this team. But, you know, I, I've seen things here and there, seen clips. I've seen uh, articles of, about the Celtics. And you're, are you freaking out? I guess that's question one. Where are you at here? No, I'm not freaking out. Um, so I, I wish I had like, – I wish I had compiled like a, a list of, of the top three freakouts that people are having right now on, on Twitter, et cetera. Uh, but – Honestly, I, I've, I've tried to not really pay too much attention to it, but it's definitely out there. People are starting – it's starting to trickle into television shows and, and local sports uh, uh, news broadcasts, etc. And people are starting to talk about uh, whether you should regret signing Gordon Hayward as a, as a Celtics organization and or as a fan. Or do you regret that they signed him? And, and it's just laughable. I don't. I, sometimes I just don't understand the negativity that flows in this town. And I sound like Rick Pitino right now because that's the thing that he said when he was bombarded with questions when he tried to take over as head coach of the Celtics way back in nineteen, the middle, the mid nineties, ninety five or whatever it was. Uh, but it, that's the one quote that I actually think Rick Pitino is is, is pretty pretty uh, correct on. People around here that are in the media tend to just pile on and, and just harp on these tiny little things. They never see the big picture picture. So as much as I hated Rick Pitino as a coach, he was right about that. People, people get real negative around here. So I just want to say that I am not going to be negative about the Celtics right now. And we can talk all about the, the issues that they're having, but ultimately Calvin, I still believe that they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, they should still be going to the NBA Finals, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think here, here's the thing. There's a, there's a couple of reasons for it, right? Number, number one, I think Celtics fans, and I could, and I, I actually don't even think I know. I know Celtics fans kind of expected with with the departure of LeBron from the East and sort of the the unknown of what Kawhi Leonard was going to be going to the Raptors. Uh, basically, those two things. I don't think the Bucks were like in, involved in the Bucks evolution was not even factored into into you know where we're at here. But so I think with, the, with those other two things, it was kind of taken as a given that the Celtics were, were the team, and, 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 and also adding into it the, the thrashing that they gave the Sixers in the playoffs. That was the other the factor. So so in some, I think the Celtics fans' minds they're like, okay, well the, the Sixers have nothing for us. The, the Raptors are going to get this this disinterested Kawhi who's got no interest in, in being there, and he might not be healthy anyway. And the Raptors are the Raptors. LeBron's gone. This is our time, right? There's 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 really nothing nothing keeping us out of the finals. And even right now, you just you threw that right back back out there. And so 
I think with with the Celtics sort of early season struggles, the the obviously there not not that there's panic in the streets, but there's definitely like there's probably definitely a lot of disappointment in the streets, right? Two, yeah, people, yeah, people are, are wondering what the hell is going on, and I'm not, I'm not a strength of schedule guy. Okay, I'm not trying to play up the schedule of these teams, uh, but I'm trying. No, stupidraptors.com not really helping me out right now, or NBA.com I should say not really helping me out right now. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. The Raptors are 12 and two, and honestly, I've not really been, been paying much attention to them aside from their record. So. I'm trying to figure out here who they've been playing. And I'm not going to be strength of schedule guy because the Celtics have had a couple of uh, tough losses and bad losses. They lost to Orlando. That's pretty, t- pretty terrible. Uh, they also uh, have struggled on their road trip to the Western conference, which early on in a season like this, this is not usually when the Celtics have a, have a road trip. So I'm not, again, not trying to make excuses. There's a, I have plenty of excuses coming for this team as to why they're not playing well. Uh, these are not them, but they're all factors. And and the, the point is that even though the, the Celtics have had a tough road uh, early on in this season, they sh- still should be winning some of these games, you would think, with, with their talent level, right? You would still believe that they should beat Orlando. They probably should have won one of the games out west that they lost. Denver was, was a good candidate for that. Uh, I didn't think they were going to beat Utah just because that team was going to be amped up for Gordon Hayward's return. Uh, but e- either way, they, they, their record on this road trip is, in my opinion, not what it would be if the road trip came in December or January when it usually comes. So to answer your question about the Raptors, they've, they've beaten such you know, notable teams as the Jazz in Utah. Uh, they won in L.A. against the Lakers. They've beaten the 76ers. They've beaten the Celtics. Um, and they've beaten the Pelicans. Not, you know, I mean, what is the what is the NBA right? Because current state of the NBA, it's a it's a decent resume. They haven't just played cupcakes, I would say. They had a West Coast trip already, where they won all all four games on the on the road in that scenario. That's a pretty impressive no, wait, They beat the Pelicans. They just lost to the Pelicans pretty badly. Uh, right, at home. They beat them them Okay. So, but they're also playing teams like, I mean, the Lakers, I'm telling you, Toronto is better than the Lakers. And I'm, I'm, that's another thing. We'll get to the Lakers in a minute here. I, I'm interested to see how you feel about them. Uh, the Knicks and Sacramento are a joke. Toronto should always beat Philadelphia and Milwaukee for that matter. They lost to Milwaukee. That's a good team. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying, I'm not going mean, to nitpick the schedule. Wait, wait, wait. But the point, the point uh, is, uh, is this Toronto's what we're doing? Surprise me. Go ahead. This, because I, I was going to say, because if this is what we're doing, we also we have to do the same thing to the Celtics. I mean, I but forget Toronto for a moment because we, Toronto has surprised me. Because yeah. and and it's it's mainly because they beat the Celtics so handily and they That's rattled true. off a bunch of wins against teams that I thought were going to be a little bit better. Looking at their well, schedule, you name, you name three teams that. Are, are good that they ended up beating, and that's good for them. Twelve and two is a solid record, uh, but I just don't really know. I still, I'm the point is, it's too small of a sample size, and the Celtics in there have play, have gone on a West Coast swing. I don't see. I guess this was a West Coast swing for for Toronto, they, very they, quick one. They, they went they, they went to Phoenix, the Lakers, Utah, and Sacramento. So don't tell me that. Were, and and the Celtics almost lost to Phoenix. I understand that, but. The Lakers are not that great. 
Utah's a solid team. Sacramento stinks, in my opinion. So I feel like the Celtics uh, road trip was more difficult. But ultimately, Calvin, the Raptors are surprising me because I just didn't expect this from them this early. I thought that they would be still a team to drop one here or there. Um, But I'm interested to see what comes up with them over the next couple of games. They've got Detroit. They're a tough team. The Celtics again. And then they start to see uh, some some other teams after that. Golden State for Toronto is going to be a great test uh, at the end of November. So um, this is going to be the, another couple weeks where I think things might change a little bit. All right, let's not let, – let, we're getting off track here. Forget forget about the Raptors. I'm not trying to compare the Raptors to the Celtics. This is about, this is about the Celtics right now in, in their struggles or, you, you know, whether or not you're yeah. worried. I do actually want to talk about that. I do want to talk about that. I do want to talk about that Hayward point that you're making that you, that you, uh, or that people are making, like, do, do they regret the signing of Gordon Hayward? And this to me is like the most hindsight is 2020 question in the universe. Like, absolutely. Oh, I hate it. It's stupid. It's so, it's so dumb that it's, it's obvious. Yes. Yes, if I could tell you that, hey, uh, Gordon Hayward was going to tear his ACL in his in his first game and be out for the season while the Celtics drafted his replacement on a rookie contract, would you want to give thirty million dollars to Gordon Hayward? Yeah, the answer is no, right? I mean, yeah, no, no offense to Gordon Hayward, and then Gordon, Gordon Hayward was going to come back and uh, you know progress slowly from and maybe maybe or maybe not eventually end up being what he was. But even if he is, it's probably still better to have uh, the, the minutes for other guys anyway. Yes, yeah, so of course. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have. But guess what? There's there's no possible way of knowing that when you sign Gordon Hayward. There's no way of knowing he's going to have that injury. There's no way of knowing that you're going to draft Tatum and Tatum's going to be Tatum. So it was a smart decision at the time. And I don't. The, the, the idea of second guessing that decision now is ridiculous to me. Like there's no way of there's no way unless you have some kind of back in the future kind of sports book where you know what's going to happen. It's like, it was a good decision. So second guessing it now, it's just ridiculous. Like, hey man, I'm with you on this one. I, I, there's, there's no reason for me to, to question this one. I think that Gordon Hayward still is trying to find his, his legs quite literally. And he doesn't really have what it takes right now to be a starter in this league. And if he was, uh, not who he was. I believe that he would be coming off the bench. If he didn't have the relationship with Brad Stevens that he has right now, I think that some of this might be a little bit political uh, and he is the starter because of who he is and that they want him to be the starter. But ultimately I feel like it would be better for everyone's development early on in a season to have him come off the bench right now. I don't think he's ready. I think he looks a step slow. I think that he uh, might be strong enough because he, he, can still, I mean, we, we've seen that he can jump and he can connect on alley oops, and he, at times he, his shot comes back to him and his legs are there, uh, but he seems very hesitant at, at other times, and it's just he's still trying to work his way back in, into playing shape, and that's fine, but you can do that coming off the bench and allow Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to do what they were sort of doing towards the end of the last season and uh, try and work – a guy like Hayward into games with each one of them while they're still 
working their way in as well because they're both still young players trying to figure out what where they fit on this team. So I just I feel like the Celtics made uh, a difficult decision, but ultimately hindsight again for the first two weeks, three weeks, probably the wrong decision to allow Gordon Hayward to start all these games. I, I would have liked to see them bring him back even slower than they did. And uh, I was preaching about this last year as well, that they shouldn't bring him back, whether he's cleared or not. He shouldn't play a single minute in the playoffs. It's too fast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I still think they may have rushed him back a little bit. Let me, let me ask you this question because I'm, I'm curious. Okay, other than Kyrie basically being Kyrie and Al Horford basically being Al Horford and Marcus Morris being a better version of Mark, I mean, no. Yeah, Marcus Morris being a better version of Marcus Morris than, he's been, than he was last year. Yep. But the, the, the rest of the Celtics are all playing significantly worse offensively than yes. they did last year. Now, hey, let's, let's take Hayward off this, this topic because he, one, he didn't play last year, and two, we just talked about him for a couple minutes. Who, who amongst the, the rest of the, the guys who are getting regular rotation minutes, be it Rozier, uh, Marcus Rogier, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Jalen Brown. And am I missing anybody? Those, I guess, those four, right? That's it. Yep. Yeah. Which which one? Which of them are you like actually concerned about? How, like how they're playing offensively, and which which of them are you like a ah, small sample size? He'll be fine. Um, I think I'm concerned about Jalen Brown the most, and it, it's it might be because I think that he has the lowest ceiling out of all these guys. Um, but honestly, Calvin, they're having a hard time adjusting to Gordon Hayward's presence in the lineup. All of them are. Just for the first couple of games, Tatum looked great because Hayward was kind of a no-show. But once he started really sort of demanding the ball and being part of the offense, uh, I think both Brown and Tatum are having a hard time figuring out where their shots are going to come. Uh, Tatum looks like he's forcing it a little bit, but – I think that his talent will overcome all of that stuff. Uh, and ultimately, I want Tatum to be a better defensive player all around. So if, if Gordon Hayward, if the, if the Celtics will t- would, would take Gordon Hayward and he gets up to full strength and they can take shots away from Tatum and let him focus on the defensive end for a little while, for a stretch during this season, I think that would help him immensely because he needs to play defense if he's going to be a, a winner in the playoffs. As for Jalen Brown, I just – I feel like for a guy like that whose shot is not great, he is, uh, over the over the last couple of years, his uh, offense hasn't really come within the flow of an offense with other scorers on, out there. He kind of needs to be the best scorer on the floor if he's going to have a good game, in, in my opinion. I love his athleticism, and, and I think that he's going to be a, a great defender in this league year in, year out, but he's having a hard time adjusting. So I'm, I'm more worried about him. And as far as Rozier is concerned, uh, I don't think Gordon Hayward really has much to do with Rozier. Rozier shined when Kyrie was out, and if Kyrie got you're right, it's all right. Kyrie. If if, uh, if if Rozier was getting 35 to 40 minutes a game, I think that he would probably be doing some of the special things that you you saw in the playoffs, etc. When Kyrie was down, um, so it's it, it's Kyrie that is has displaced Rozier, and that is the nature of the beast. So I'm not concerned about Rogier either because if, if the Celtics are smart, they'll find a way to get something for him at the trade deadline. Uh, and I, in my opinion, if they go with, with Kyrie and smart, 
over the next three to four years and get something in return for Rozier, that's, that's the way to go. So we'll see what happens there, but I'm not too concerned with what Rozier's doing uh, as far as struggling on the court is concerned. So there, there's my rundown. Long yeah, yeah, here's he. Uh, I, I have quick thoughts on on Tatum and Brown. Uh, when it came with a quali- qualifying notion that, I, that I, I haven't watched as much as I previously have, but I still haven't seen enough. In like I said, read enough. So there seems to be this new wave of criticism against Jason Tatum, uh, specifically Jason Tatum's shot selection. And I will say this: I did watch a lot of Celtics basketball last year, and Jason. And to to me. Jason Tatum, like, shot selection has never been the, the, the strength of Jason Tatum's game. He's not he, – look, he, wasn't, he, he was never last year or per, – percentage aside, right. you wanna, he, he didn't hit a high percentage of his threes, but he was taking, like, two, three – he doesn't take a lot of threes, Jason Tatum. He, 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 hits, he takes a lot of mid-range jumpers. That's what he does because he's 6'9 and he has long arms. And, and, by the way, last year he was hitting them. So nobody complained about his, oh, Jason Tatum takes too many mid-range jumpers last year because he hit them at a high percentage. The shot is happened to not go down this year. But to me, his shot, like, complaining about the shot selection, oh, now those are bad shots. But, but I feel like when everyone was raving about Jason Tatum last year, he was basically taking the same shots. Maybe he's not going to the rim quite as much. Maybe. No, you're right. But, but, again, but I, I feel like he, was all, he always sort of relied on that mid-range game that was that's so, his game me yeah so ahead. it's funny but i don't know what it is about people that that sort of try and analyze basketball or or watch basketball in a vacuum they like watch a game and they rip a guy apart when if you watch and not that i can do this anymore i can i wish i could watch every single game but if you watch a, a handful of games in a row you can sort of see different trends and things that the Celtics are maybe working on or guys that they're trying to get shots for, etc. Uh, but there was a stretch early on in this, in this season, probably two or three game stretch where it looked like the Celtics were trying to find out who was going to be the guy to dig them out of a hole. And when the ball got across half court, if it hit Jason Tatum's hands, he was trying to be that guy. And it, to me, it's just, again, small sample size. It's early on in a season, early on in a career. He just had a whole summer with Kobe Bryant, who was taking shots like that for the last 10 years of his career. He was taking shots like that his whole career, but uh, he was really taking a lot of them towards the end when the team wasn't that great, and he was still trying to perform and, and be the best that he could be and, and help his teammates win, etc. So I think there's some Kobe Bryant in Tatum this year a little bit, and a lot of Celtics fans don't like that, but I think that's that's a great quality to have. And I think as a young guy, if you're going to try and figure out if you can be a, a, a killer shot maker like that, and you're going to try and will your team back and, and put the team on your back, even though you have Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Isle Horford all on the, on the floor who can make a shot, then I think November is the time to do that. And if he can find a way to figure that out over the next couple of months, then Maybe he can do it in the playoff. You're still, you still might want to rely on Kyrie Irving to take that shot in, in a game seven situation. But if Tatum wants to shoot at this point in the season, let the kids shoot. That's my opinion. Cause he's the talent is there. I wouldn't say the same thing about many other guys on this team, probably any other guys on this team that if they were that young, not Jalen Brown, not Rogier, I still don't want those guys taking those types of shots. But if Tatum's really going to be the guy, Calvin, and you saw Kobe for many, many years 
if Tatum's going to be that guy for the Boston Celtics over the next 10 to 12 years, you got to let him get it out of his system now, or at least figure out if he can pull it off. I mean, I, it, it's, it's, I guess I just find it weird. The, the Tatum Kobe comparison. I feel like this Tatum Kobe comparison that's happening all of a sudden. It's just because Tatum worked out with Kobe because there, there's yeah. similarities. Yes, it is. But the, but, as, as a basketball players, look, Tatum is significantly taller and has longer arms. Sure. Like, yeah, he, he, maybe, he modeled his game after Kobe. If you look at some, there's something out there that puts a couple of clips, probably five or six clips of the two of them over the course of their careers, Tatum in high school and Kobe uh, in the NBA and a couple of Tatum in the NBA. They look very similar, the moves that they're doing. So you can talk about how they're different players because of their size, et cetera. But the point is that Tatum has sort of modeled his game after Kobe and I think people in that are Celtics fans don't like the fact that he might have Kobe mentality to be a, kind of a shot chucker. Yeah, I mean, look, Kobe won five chance. I don't look. I mean, this, there's also like a retroactive, uh, like Kobe career just dismissal that bothers me. I don't even we, we don't even need to go too far down this road right now because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But yeah, in fact, you know, I already said what I was going to say on, on Tatum. Let, let me let me say something on Brown real quick. I think that you hit on something interesting, which is like. Brown and I see the same thing uh, out of Lonzo sometimes to to a different degree, but where where like at times when he like doesn't have the ball in his hands or like he'll just drift in games and you'll forget he's on the court, he'll just be standing in a corner. There's certain times, and then when he and then when he feels like it or when whatever when when he's motivated by whatever, maybe he gets like a, a fast break dunk. Then then he looks like a maniac out there. And these pounding dudes full court, it, it's just it, the, the, the on and off switch with him is what what's concerning, and I I feel the same way about Lonzo at this point. Um, so I haven't really seen any much of Lonzo Ball. Just some couple highlights. Like I haven't seen the Lakers too much at all. One of the first couple of games I saw, and that was about it. Um, but yeah, the on off switch with young guys like that. It's tough because you would expect them to try and themselves at all times, especially if a guy like Lonzo Ball, who even though he's playing with, uh, actually maybe maybe it is a similar situation because they give Rondo so many minutes out there. Maybe he feels he feels a little squashed right now. Maybe. So do you, do you have any other thoughts before we move on? Are you, you feel no, like let's, let's get off the Celtics here. We can we can go on to uh, your Los Angeles Lakers, who the way I'll lead this thing off is uh, I still believe that they are a bottom half playoff team, and we'll see ultimately what their seeding is going to be. But even LeBron James seems to be a little hesitant right now. They are looking good in their last 10 games. They've turned it around a little bit after a tough start. But um, – I just, I still feel like they're that that bottom half, five, six, seven seed type of thing. Maybe fighting for the five. Do you feel any differently? Do you think the talent is there? Can they really crack into the top four and have a home playoff series this year in LeBron's first year? Uh, I feel differently. Not I. I feel differently somewhat, but not because of the Lakers, but more because. There's a lot more uncertainty in the Western Conference than I feel like people thought was was going to be the case when the season started. Like, look, I had an I had an inclination about the Rockets, and we we discussed we discussed them before, but like I didn't think that their fall could possibly. And, and you know, again, still still early. The Rockets 
might end up bouncing back, but they're clearly not. They're not going to be last year's Rockets, barring a miracle trade, right? You, can we can we can we already get that far with him? They're not last year's hey, Rockets. Well, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking about Carmelo Anthony. Why they would waste a roster spot on a guy like that? And we'll get into him in a few oh. minutes. This this is the Lakers part of this uh, of the segment, but or of the show. I just when we're talking about the rest oh. of the Western Conference, the Rockets yeah. are, are a shock to me. So hey, so so look, the Warriors are the Warriors, right? Well, let's let's exclude the Warriors from this conversation because the Warriors were going to be the Warriors no matter what. Yeah, are we all wasting our time here? Sure, we are. But that doesn't matter because it's, it's still fun to talk about. Oh, but Portland and Utah and Oklahoma City. Ugh, you're right. Here's the thing. It's the Warriors. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but again, all the, these other teams that you mentioned, look, the teams that were supposed to like – the, the, the people were like, oh, well, OKC is going to be good for, for sure. And, yeah, they played better lately, and maybe they will be. Maybe, maybe they're there. But like, do do I feel like it's a, it's a that the Lakers couldn't beat Oklahoma City in a series? I don't I don't feel that way. I feel like they could. Like, who was the team that I think the Lakers couldn't beat in in, in a playoff series that 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 is going to be like okay, Portland is playing well right now, but we saw what happened to Portland in last year's playoffs as the three seed. Could like, who am I afraid of? I guess is is what I'm what I'm asking you. Like right now, who who am I afraid of? The Lakers already beat Denver in Denver. So I'm not. I'm not really afraid of that. I don't. I don't really think that like their their defensive defensive efficiency is going to be able to be kept up all season. You already see it starting to slip a little bit. Um, San Antonio is obviously like what are they? You know what I mean? The Clippers. The Clippers are a team that like is a lot better than I expected. But I will say this about the Clippers: they're they're a team with basically ten ten above average players. And I think historically we've seen teams like this, like over, over and over again, make it to the playoffs. They don't have a star. They all play well together. You know, the Atlanta Hawks uh, of a couple of years ago, Denver and, Nuggets a couple of years before that. And these teams usually don't play yeah. as well in the playoffs. So I, I also Nick, have to say something else about the schedule. And it, I think this is, this is a bigger point on the schedule in general. For some reason, it seems as though teams are not really playing – uh, their their conference slash division opponents that much so early. There there are road trips for pretty much every team already. Just two weeks, three weeks into the season, Oklahoma City hasn't even played a game in their division yet, uh, and it, that to me seems a little bit strange. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly point out that whatever we say about the standings right now and how teams have been playing early on. I think it needs to play out a few more weeks before we can really dig into it because the, the schedule has been very strange for just about everyone so far. But, but okay, that's fine. Here's here's the other thing. By the way, look, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. My team has been terrible for years, even though they they made progress last year. And we I can talk about like some of the young guys individually, but uh, it depends on depending on time here. We're halfway through the show, but um. But like, yeah, I, I guess where I'm, in, in, I look, they've won five out of six right now. They got off to a slow start, which like was to be expected. Trying to integrate with LeBron, and I definitely have a lot of thoughts on LeBron that I need to get to in a minute. Um, but and yeah, they win. They they end up in a lot of look, but they end up in a lot of close games, regardless of whether or not they win or they lose. They got blown out by the Raptors, and it, it, to be fair, it was coming off a back to back. The Raptors had multiple days off. Uh, it was not a good matchup for them in general. I don't think the Raptors are, but they 
they play loose. They, they, they're fast. They, they play one of the fastest paces in the NBA. They're just fun to watch. Every game comes down to the wire. Uh, every game ends with, like, either, either a disaster or, or a heroic moment. And, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I'm, I'm just enjoying it. It's too early for me to be like, oh, should, should I be sad because I think they can't win a, play, a playoff team? Sure. No. They're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. They're young. They're, they're making progress. It's just because, oh, LeBron is on this team. So, like, there's this expectation of X. But, like, yeah, and then that's, that's the only thing that's, like, kind of ruining my fun a little bit is, like, Magic Johnson coming out and saying, like, uh, Luke, you know, Luke Walton needs to win. Otherwise, his head's on the chopping block. And then LeBron saying, like, Jeez, that's not, I didn't even know that. Yeah. LeBron's out there in the media making comments like, oh, you wouldn't want to see me when my patience runs out. And then today oh. saying, oh, I almost cracked, but then I remembered this was a young team. I saw but, that. Yeah. Goodbye, Luke Walton. We'll see you later. Somebody's getting traded. Like, the, man, ugh. this is what happens. Look, LeBron comes to town and things just get ripped apart, huh? I mean, he, yeah, here, here's the thing. Well, one, we just signed Tyson Chandler, and yeah, he, he's old, but whatever. Like, the, the biggest issue plaguing the Lakers up to this point was their, their complete lack of a center rotation when JaVale McGee sits out, who, like, can basically only function if he plays about 25, 30 minutes a game. Although he's had a fantastic season. I don't know if you've, like, looked at well, how well he's actually played this year. Yeah, he's, he's crazy doing really out. well. It's crazy out. He's shooting 62%. And he's scoring, like, let me see, I want to say, like, 16 points a game. Probably even more than that. It's cr- yeah. Oh, no, it's 14. Okay, whatever. That's fine. He's had, he's, his scoring's gone down in the last couple of games. But played really well, blocking three shots a game. You know who else had a crazy bounce back year? Side, side note that I just, like, happened to notice was Hassan Whiteside. Have you looked at how good he's been this year? Anyway. Oh, uh, but I was questioning him before the beginning of the season, so good for him. Yeah. So, so anyway, back to the Lakers. Yeah, they have not been that good defensively, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't they don't have centers, they don't have big men. They they play Kuzma a lot of the four and LeBron a lot of the four, and both of them have been terrible defensively. And I I guess this is this is my my biggest biggest issue with the Lakers is like I'm trying Ray, I'm trying really hard, but I just I still don't like LeBron. I'm trying. Good. Good. That's the but right like, answer. I like to hear that, Calvin. That's that makes me smile. But the the problem is, it's like I look. I want I want to like them, but and and you look at his numbers. You 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 Google up LeBron James's numbers, and you're like, oh, LeBron's doing LeBron things. But like one, I'm kind of a, in 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 with him. It's impossible to know because I don't know how much LeBron is coasting, or is there a chance he's lost a step? But. It's but regardless because it's early in the season. Like he's been known to for years, he's been saving his body. You know during the season, I understand that it's fine, and maybe we'll see like that. Maybe we'll see like LeBron the Destroyer come out in the playoffs, and that's the other reason why. Like as a Laker fan, I can I can sit back here and go like like oh you know maybe I don't feel this scene because who knows what kind of LeBron comes out for the playoffs, right? Like he that's when he, yeah. that's when he's thrown up. So like maybe the Lakers oh they don't have a good enough roster but like they have a better roster than Cleveland did last year and they made the finals like so I know I understand that that was in the East but like but again like who am I that afraid of in the West and I don't know what this team's gonna look look like by the by the playoffs anyway but forget all that for now I don't even want to talk about the playoffs my my only point on the is like 
it's so frustrating. I have a team with a lot of young guys that I've sort of I have bond, I bonded to last season. There are guys that I like, regardless of whether they're frustrating me now, and some of them are more than others. You can talk about that if you want. It's I just get really frustrated when the Lakers have like bad defensive possessions where LeBron just lets his guy like get past him and then he claps his hands and points at like one of the young guys like hey why didn't you do something there when he's being so lazy right now that it's it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah, he's trying to teach. It's a teaching moment, Calvin. Come on, he's got to he's got to teach these guys how to play basketball in the NBA. He's trying to teach them how to be men and stuff like that. He's a teacher. Uh, yeah. On on top of that, he the, the the other problem is like the Lakers' offense runs so smoothly for most of the game, and it's bogging down into this LeBron ISO scenario where I don't think it's and it's because it's because he doesn't trust them yet because oh oh quote they're young. So once one we got to play Rondo. Like in, in times, and Rondo, look, Rondo puts up big assist numbers, but he, Rondo's kind of washed, man. I, I thought so before they signed him, and I feel the, feel the same way now. Maybe maybe playoff Rondo comes out, but like yeah, Rondo, you'll see you'll, you'll see Rondo come out in a couple national games here or there. Uh, if he comes to Boston, I bet he I bet he plays really well in that game when he comes to Boston. Who knows what even happens if the Celtics can find a way to win that game or, or not? But I bet Rondo plays goes triple-double when he comes back here. You'll see it a few times this year. Well, the, the thing about Rondo at this point is, like, the thing that he was accused of in Boston, whether or not it was true then, it's certainly true now, it's like his stats are just empty calorie stats. He's getting big assist numbers, but the Lakers run like a – look, when Lonzo – the difference between a Lonzo Ball assist and a Rajon Rondo assist is Lonzo Ball is holding the ball for two, three seconds at a time. Rajon Rondo is holding the ball for 16, 17 seconds of a shot clock, when like LeBron is on the floor, yeah, Lakers have running like, around, doing something. Yeah, yeah. He, he's getting those assists while he's while everyone else is cutting off the ball and he's standing at the three point line. His value there is it's, it's just not the same. Like they don't they don't share the ball the same way with Rondo on the floor, even though Rondo's assist numbers like in a vacuum might tell you otherwise. And and but and also Rondo's defense is terrible at this point in his career, and Ron and Rondo's defense is good. So that's the other. Well, he's been pretty terrible for a while. I think he gave up a long time ago. It's sad to say because I really liked him as a Celtic uh, when he won that title when he was young. It's, uh, I think that was his second year in the league, maybe even his rookie season. Not sure off the top of my head. I guess I should probably know that. But um, I, I've always liked him as a player, and it just he seemed the attitude. He, he just has always seemed too big for the room, you know. And guys like that, I mean. The talent is there, so he'll probably. It, it, I mean, obviously he uh, he's gotten is it? he's gotten along well in the league, and he's had a good career. But I think you're right. There's a lot of things that he could be doing better, and you'll probably see that those things a few times, like I said, over the course of the season. But it's not enough right now. Yeah, but you know what is enough is Tyson Chandler. Like I was skeptical when they signed him. I was like, ah, ah you know, whatever. But he he in limited minutes. And, and I think he's revitalized because he's gone from, you know, the worst team in the NBA to uh, his hometown team. I read an, I read an article today. That, uh, Pretty cool. Yeah, that, that Tyson Chandler's family, like, loves the Lakers so much that they would, like, root against him when he came to town, which is pretty, pretty hilarious to me. Awesome. So yeah, that's like, great. Yeah. He's so – I don't know if you saw, like, his, his game-ending block uh, the other day on Trey Young. How hype no. he was, and like LeBron, no. he's, you know, screaming the old, the old like scream, put your head back and scream, 
And I don't know. I just he's so pumped, and I, maybe he'll he'll fall back as like the excitement leans down. But like right now, he's playing out of his mind. He had like four options to rebound in like on one possession that saved the league. He's already basically single handedly saved two games for the Lakers at the end at the end of games where they had leads and they blew it because they're running this ISO LeBron offense. And oh, that's the other thing, LeBron. Look, LeBron has had free throws that can ice four different games this year, and he's missed at least one on all four. Missed two on two times. Yeah, that's LeBron, man. He misses free throws. He's not that great. And, and it's at the point where like national writers are being like, "Hey, we you should we should we should hack a LeBron at the end of games like that." That's what we're getting to with like his free throw yips right now. And I don't think like oh he's just a bad. Cl- I'm I'm not gonna be like oh LeBron sucks in the clutch because that's obviously not the case. Like I don't know. It's get it's getting frustrating for me at this point to just see him get an easy chance to the line and just be garbage there at the at the end of the game. I don't get it. Uh, I get it. I've seen LeBron miss plenty of free throws over and over again. Uh, I don't know. That's that's not a surprise to me. If he's if he's slacking off on defense or, or like looking around missing assignments, I've seen that before too recently. So that's another thing that playoff LeBron will come out. So that's that's why I think the Lakers will be dangerous in the playoffs. They may not get that home playoff series that I've been harping on. That's just my way of spinning it so that I'm right. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to lose in the playoffs. I'm not going to predict that. Uh, that doesn't mean that LeBron will lose for, in the first round for the first time ever. I still feel like, depending on the matchup, they have as good a chance of anybody else as winning in the first round, even if they don't have a home court series. I'm just saying I think they'll end up in the regular season being the five or, or six seed at best. And that's me trying to be right. That's all. How about that? All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, overall, right. I'm feeling optimistic. Um, we can get, you know, we can, we'll, we have plenty of time here. Uh, we can get given how I feel about some of the young guys specifically. Uh, we really spent most of that time talking about LeBron and Rondo and Hassan Lonzo a little bit, but not, not really. So we'll get, we'll get back to that. We got stuff. Yeah, I mean, we might be able to run through most of this stuff in the next 20 minutes, so if you want to save some more Lakers thoughts for the end, feel free. Um, We're sticking with the NBA right now, though, because my man Jimmy Butler was finally traded, and I think last time we spoke about this topic, I basically was telling you that I lost a little bit of respect for him as a a player. I feel like he's not – he has not been a great teammate, and that's the the, the, uh, the the painting that's been – shown uh, portrayed of him the picture that's been painted of him what am i saying what words am i saying right now the picture that has been painted of him in the media is one of not a great teammate and he came out today and said that he was a great teammate he thought he was a great human being etc etc uh listen still love jimmy butler's game i did want him on the celtics for a, a short period of time uh but uh, i just i don't know how well this is going to make him look as far as getting a a big contract in the offseason is concerned. Philadelphia is a good, solid team. I think he's actually going to fit in there. Uh, They probably will will, uh, have some camaraderie, but who knows? Maybe maybe Ben Simmons gets butthurt by him being there. Maybe Markel Fultz goes into a, a turtle shell or something, and Philadelphia... I mean, this doesn't put them over the top, uh, 
So I still like what Butler brings to the table, and I think that he's going to play well in Philly. They're probably going to be better than people might think, but they're not as deep as they were now. And I think a guy like Dario Saric used to sort of kill the Celtics at times. So giving him up for for them is tough, and Covington was a solid piece for them as well. So what Butler brings to them is going to be interesting to see how he fits in on the basketball court. I think that they'll, they'll get along. It's not like people are going to be asking for him to leave the locker room anymore. Uh, but I just I wonder if they're going to be deep enough to, to win any sort of playoff series. So I'd still put them, again, in the sort of bottom half of, of the playoff bracket in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, weren't they? They were third last year, were they not? So you're putting them in the bottom half. And, I'm putting yeah, them in the bottom. Half. Listen, yeah, so you're in, five, like a five: Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and Indiana. I like what Indiana has going on for them. I think that they're, and I think that the Detroit is going to be sneakily better towards the end of the season. Uh, but that's it. Philadelphia is still right there, and they're going to be dangerous for a playoff spot. I'm just curious to see how he meshes right now and they're a terrible road team in my opinion they still cannot win a game on the road so they better get a home playoff series or they're not going to win in the first round so here here's the thing I don't like this trade I don't like it for the 76ers and I don't like it for the Timberwolves for anyone I don't like it for anybody here's, here's why one look I like Jimmy Butler in fact I like I liked it, I liked him before this, and I like weirdly gained a certain extra type of respect for him during this process. I'm kind of I kind of went the other way from you, because one, like, it, you know what it is? It's like the Kevin Durant syndrome. It's the opposite of the Kevin Durant syndrome. Jimmy Butler, like, so clearly does not care less what people think of him, and has embraced this this villain role. And it's totally down for it. And it's like he's committed to, to his principles in a way that, like, I have complete respect for. Regardless of, like, regardless of whether or not I agree with him. And who knows? I'm not in the, the Minnesota locker room. I mean, I certainly can agree with him that, like, that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are, like, you know, not as good as they should be, right? That, that part of it's fair. Do I agree with, like, if he, wow, what he's, how he's done what he's done? Probably not, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not on the inside enough to know. But I do respect what he's. I do respect that he thinks this is what he needs to do, and he's committed to not caring what anyone else thinks about it. I guess that's what I like about it. But regardless of all of that, really, I just don't think look, the the the, the 76ers' problem right now is that they can't shoot. I mean, we, Martel Fultz is like a whole another whole another topic that we could spend, you know, an, another 20 minutes on. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that guy—he's back. Like I said, back in, in his hole there. He's having a hard time last week or so. Go ahead. Did you see him? Did you see him double pump a free throw? The other yes, night? yes, that was yeah. awesome. And you know what? I, I, the rule for uh, lane violations should be questioned when somebody does that. I mean, I guess it's that's kind of a fake out. You can't really expect guys to stay out of the lane when he does a double pump. Oh, are you, are you calling for a box hole in the NBA? Because that's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't really fake guys out. I, I think it's probably happened in the past, but I, I, I feel like they adjusted the lane violation rule to account for that. And if you're going to 
try and fake – I mean, that might open the doors up to try and fake guys out. So I think the referees need to be on the lookout for that for sure. All right, that's actually that's a good point that I didn't even think about. But um, <laughs> that, aside, that aside, the point the, the the point of me touching on that is there's, there's no question there's no question that Mark Helfoltz is struggling with his shot. And yeah, JJ Redick can still hit a three, and he certainly has this season. But and this sort of takes away from uh, or Fultz's issues are kind of masking the fact that that Ben Ben Simmons complete reluctance to shoot farther than six feet is like that's really a bigger issue than this Fultz thing because Fultz can just be taken off the floor. Fultz didn't play at all in the Boston series and it didn't matter. Like that's not why they lost. They didn't lose because of Fultz they, or even ball handling because Ben Simmons can handle the ball uh, a, a lot. The problem is, is they can't space the floor around those other guys. Yeah. And Bede can shoot from the perimeter somewhat. But, like, when you give Joel Embiid the ball on the perimeter, he's, he ends up turning the ball over enough to where it, it's worth it for other teams to force him out there, especially considering how dominant he is on the inside. But if you need Ben Simmons driving, if you need the lane to be open for Simmons to do his thing, which is drive the lane and score, then, like, what do you you're – not, you're not spacing the floor at all with those two dudes and the, the lack of shooting outside of Reddick, especially when you have Fultz out there. Butler, you know, not a terrible three-point shooter, but, like, not enough of a threat. He's, he also is a guy who plays better with the ball in his hands. It's it's not like they they weren't a bad defensive team even before getting Butler. Like, you know who could, who could use Jimmy Butler is the Lakers. But, like, Jimmy Butler going to Philadelphia, forget, forget even next year. I'm not sure he makes them better this year because they traded him for Robert Covington, who is a 3-and-D guy, a, a a better perimeter shooter than Jimmy Butler and a guy who doesn't dribble as much uh, and a guy who's also, he's not a, as good a defender as Jimmy Butler, but he's a very good defender. And Saric, who, you know, I've kind of soured on him a little bit. I just think he's a little too slow. It sort of doesn't, you know, he does, he brings a lot to the table, but again, I'm not sure he, he fits with them, but, you, but you're trading two starters away for one of the shallowest teams in the NBA, right? Do, to get Jimmy, to get Jimmy Butler, who's going to be playing with guys whose styles don't match him, and who are young and prob and you know, are, yeah, Ben Simmons is definitely a guy who's who who you could go. Well, this guy's not playing up up to his potential. How is Jimmy Butler going to react to that? So I don't. And then and then to top that all off, now that they have him there, they they were going to have free agency money into to try to sign a guy in this offseason, and maybe they fail fail again like they did this year. But now they're basically committing to Jimmy Butler being that guy. And, you know, go, that goes back to the thing of, like, how well does Jimmy Butler age? So all of those things, I, I don't like it for them. And from, from Minnesota's end, like, what, what are they doing with this trade? Like, they don't – yeah, they got two two young guys, but, like, neither – neither Covington as a valuable player to me on a good team, but, like, he doesn't have, like, upside potential. And Dario Sarge kind of is what he is to me, too. He's not that young, and he, I, I don't know. If I'm – if I'm Minnesota and I compare it to like the offer of you know, if I could have had Josh Richardson or four Rockets draft picks, I'm taking either one of those deals in a second over what are they do, what are they doing now? They're not making the playoffs this year anyway. They're getting guys who are like role players on a playoff. How does that make sense? Uh, I also hate this trade because now I feel like I shouldn't sell my 
play my uh, Sixers tickets on Christmas, which I was planning to do because I already saw them on opening night and I didn't care to see them. And I was going to go see Jimmy Butler against Minnesota or when he played for Minnesota. Uh, so now I need to reevaluate my whole entire Celtics ticket situation. What, what am I going to do here, Calvin? That's that's what I'm concerned with. I got I got to sell this Minnesota game now. Who cares about Minnesota? Why don't you spend Christmas with your family, you heathen? How about that? How about that's, the that? that's the thing. I still need to sell that game, but I'd like to see. This will be like the fourth year in a row that Jimmy Butler needs to go. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I need to, to let go of Jimmy Butler as my favorite non-Celtic. Maybe that's what I need to do here because Jimmy Butler on the Minnesota Timberwolves is one thing. Jimmy Butler on the, the Houston Rockets is another thing. Jimmy Butler playing with Ben Simmons and – Joel and beat like I just I I don't JJ Reddit I just can't ah I can't do it I can't do it Calvin I gotta find somebody else who's it gonna be let's find let's find my new Anthony. favorite non Celtic <laughs> get ahead of the curve and just make it Anthony Davis that's what that's what that's what I'm telling you yeah <laughs> that seems like it's cheating come on that seems like it's yeah. cheating I gotta find somebody else let let me let me let me take a quick look here through my fantasy teams and I'll I'll get back to you on that one. Is it, is it Westbrook? Do they finally embrace Westbrook after 15 years? Do I embrace no, Russell can't, Westbrook? No, no. It, can't, it, can't, it can't be Russell Westbrook at this point. For all the Westbrook conversations we've had, yeah, it can't be Westbrook. Or, or Durant for that matter, right? It can't be anybody on the Warriors. No, nope, uh, it can't be those guys. Let's think about this. Actually, I think I might have a good one, but I'll, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off. Oh, you know what? I think it is. I think, I think yeah. it's Damian Lillard, Calvin. I think it's Lillard is really? my guy now. I think he's going to be my guy. My favorite non because Because Lillard, Lillard has long been like an anti-my guy, a guy who's like not been my guy. And I think he's still not my guy. Even though, even though there are a lot, a lot of Damian Lillard to the Lakers rumors out there, a lot of huh. them. A lot and of so, them. Like, so and maybe I'm going to have to like suck it up when it's, when it's a Damian Lillard and LeBron Lakers team. Yeah, maybe I'll have to deal with it then, but I'm not a Damian Lillard guy at all. And anyway, um, but where were we at? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it makes the 76ers better. I think it, it, it caps them out in a, way, in a way that kind of commits them to it. And I, by the way, like Butler's age, look, it's just the other thing. The 76ers weren't going to win the championship this year anyway. They, I mean, obviously, I've, I'm, I'm going to take that back, actually. And the reason I'm taking that back is because I've long been, like, the guy who says, oh, you don't, you don't make moves, like, you don't go, oh, if this doesn't win the championship, we don't do it. You, you make moves to sort of get yourself better and better until you're there, right? But I just, I just don't think that it makes sense. And when I say, and, and normally people go, oh, long term, but I just, I don't think it makes sense for these people with these guys who might be ready to win a title, you know, two years from now, they're like a, the 76ers, you know, talent, regardless of like how you feel as a Boston person. And Joel Embiid, if he remains healthy, is like, is a top 10 player in the NBA, like as soon as the next couple of years. But he's, I don't think he's quite there yet this year, but he's, he's close. And, you know, maybe Ben Simmons is a top 10 guy a couple years from now, too, if he can develop certain elements of his game. He has, he, he's in that potential, right? But they're not – I don't think that, that they can get to that level while Jimmy Butler is what he is. And I, I, I think that's, that's why, I, like, maybe two years from now, 
that the guy you don't want is like a Jimmy Butler who's now sort of draining your cap and doesn't fit with your guys anyway. Why would you bring him in now because you think you need you know to galvanize your team and you're bringing in a, a star right now when I don't think that's going to you know get you out of the East anyway? Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like I said earlier, their depth is still shot. They don't really have anybody that's going to be able to fill a role on this team. It's it's a big three, sure. If you want to call Simmons and Bede and Butler a big three, they've got three main pieces that could mesh together pretty well. But we all know that you need role players, and, and the, the list of their guys is, is not there. It's J.J. Redick, and then it's nothing. Like, that's that's pretty much it. You're going to get some shots from J.J. He's not good on defense. You will get a few backup point guard minutes from T.J. McConnell, maybe. Amir Johnson is not a guy that you even want to roll out there. But, I mean, those are their next best players at this point. We'll see what happens with Markel Fultz, of course. But this team needs something else over the next couple of years if they actually think they're going to contend. And that's, and that's why I think they're, they might actually take a step back after getting Butler uh, over the next month or so, they might fall backwards and and actually not be in that uh, that top four of the Eastern Conference playoffs. We'll see. Hi, Ray. Carmelo Anthony. Let's yeah. talk a little Carmelo. I don't know. This, <laughs> he's done, right? What do you yeah. think? He's done? Where is he going to go? People are saying that Kyrie wants him to come here. What do you think about that? Yeah, people are, people are also – there are also rumors about him coming here. But I think it's all banana. I don't think he comes here. That's just banana boat stuff. Yeah. Get him, get him nowhere. He doesn't care. I mean, I, I could see him ending up in, like, Miami. Here's, here's the thing, Ray. It's like, it's like everyone everyone has taken this, uh, this release as an opportunity to crap all over Carmelo Anthony and talk about how he's washed up and, like, he's not a productive player anymore and like, yeah, he should just retire. And all that, all that really is fine. That's fine and dandy, okay. But I think, I think like that's a, not un, yeah. You know what? That is, it's a little unfair to Carmelo because Carmelo is basically what he was last year. People were like, the no, yeah, he's he, done last year too, Calvin. I don't know what they were doing with, with that guy. Why do you think he he basically got cut last year? That's He's done. Well, he's, yeah. He, so he played all of last year. He got bought out. Okay, and, and Houston right. signed him. And so, so, cut. Yeah. So you go. So you go. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm Mike D'Antoni, and uh, I think that I can put Carmelo into this system, even though and and make him a different player than he was last year because I'm a smarter coach than Billy Donovan. That's surely what they're saying to themselves, right? But it's still it's. Still, still doesn't make any sense to me because because what are they complaining about? Carmelo doesn't play any defense. Yeah, he didn't. He already he never he played defense in his career. He he wasn't going to play defense. You you had to know that when you signed him. He is yeah he is a guy who you know st- stops the ball and takes individualized shots, but like at times can hit you a difficult shot even late in in his career, and and that's what he was. In, in yeah, he had one game. Well, he went one for eleven and made his stats, you know, look worse. But he he basically almost like line for line, his like percentages are the same they were even after the one for eleven game. And I don't understand why ten games into the season 
You're getting you're getting rid of this guy who's done exactly what you signed him to do. Literally, like he, he by the way, his usage rate is down. Coming off the bench, not starting. It's not like he complained. He didn't cause an issue in the locker room. He's like, I I get it. The Rockets are struggling, but by the way, it's not just Carmelo. Like Chris Paul is not playing as well. Uh, he's he's starting to slip. It obviously the defense is slipping. Maybe Carmelo is a scapegoat for all of that. But like, it was dumb for the Rockets to sign him to to begin with, and and that's where everyone should be focusing their attention. It was dumb for them to do it, and for them to just after ten games be like. You know what? You're doing exactly right. what we thought you were going to do. We're going to we're going to we're going right. to cut you now. Like, why don't you why don't you try to figure out something you can do with with Carmelo? Or if, if you had no ideas to begin with, why did you sign him? I don't understand why you're giving him. up. You're this. absolutely right. That's that's where you have to point the finger. Why did you sign Carmelo Anthony? Why? Why? That's all. That's all we want to know. Why? Daryl Morey, D'Antoni. Oh, I can fit him in. No. Nope. Year over year, Carmelo, I love I love that uh, Basketball Reference does this stuff right now. Um, year over year, his numbers are are down a little bit, but not that much. And it's just he's been he's been asked to do less than than he normally has been. And like you said, he's 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 doing it. He's doing less. And it's exactly what they're expecting. Um, so I don't know why they signed him in the first place. He can still score points. It's obvious that he, he can still shoot the ball a little bit, even though his overall field goal percentage isn't that great. Um, he is hitting 50% of his twos. So like mid range jumpers he's making and he's being that fifth, sixth scorer for them. Who else do they have? PJ Tucker? Like who's going to get the ball other than Carmelo? Do they, do they just want to pile that on? Is the, is the problem that James Harden is averaging 20 points a game instead of 32? Like, and, and then Chris Paul doesn't have enough touches. Like really, do these guys have that much ego that they won 60 games last year and they think that Carmelo is the one that, that is screwing them up. I don't, I just don't understand. No, Barry. Carmelo took look, Carmelo took the most shots when James Harden was out. They they and, and Chris Paul doesn't take shots anyway. They needed a James Harden replacement at that time, and that's that's when Carmelo stepped up for the most part. Crazy. He wasn't taking very many shots at all. I know it's crazy. It's crazy, Calvin. Like I just don't understand. He, he's doing he's doing like you said multiple times exactly what they expected him to do, what they wanted him to do, and maybe it's just that they're they're big names there, Mr. Harden, and Mr. Paul are too. Upset that Carmelo's taking too many shots away from them. They don't have as many points as they used to have. Come on, guys. Thinking- I don't understand. I don't get it, Calvin. You don't just get rid of a guy that's scoring 15 points a game, 13 points a game for you because he doesn't fit. you got to figure that out. It's pretty clear that he can still play a little bit. Even though I was just saying he's washed up, compared to the rest of the guys on their, their roster, he's a, he's a decent scorer. So – hide him on defense, find a way. Otherwise you're just making your team worse unless you're going to pile back on James Harden and just let him go wild. So Houston to me, just like my argument here seems to be uh, kind of flip-flopping themselves. I don't understand. I'm confused about that. Yeah. But are you as confused about the Warriors, Ray? Hmm. No. Although what's happening with 
Durant and Draymond Green? Is there some sort of drama? I'm just seeing some things on Twitter. Yeah. I, I don't even know what's happening. Oh, that's what we're talking about, right? That's the story that we're talking oh. about. Right oh, now. good. Good. So, last night, last night in the uh, in a game, the Warriors were down a bunch. They came all the way back. Uh, there was like 10 seconds left on the clock. Draymond Green gets a rebound, dribbles up the court. Kevin Durant's behind him, clapping his hands for the ball. And uh, Draymond sort of just dribbles into a crowd of defenders, and the ball dribbles off his knee, and time runs out. And so Kevin Durant, you know, comes up to him and starts yelling at him, uh, you know, why didn't you give me the ball? Draymond Green, like, defends his position, and things get heated. Apparently, it's, it went, out, went into the locker room. Uh, Draymond made comments about uh, Kevin Durant, like, not committing to uh, the Warriors and, like, the, the, the idea that it's out there that he's going to the Knicks and hmm. so reportedly also called Kevin Durant a bitch. Oh, oh, of course. That's Draymond's go-to, I think, right? So, in, so in the wake of that, I uh, don't know if you heard, but today the Warriors announced that they were suspending Draymond Green without pay for tonight's game because his comments crossed the line. For how many games? For for just for tonight's game, but tonight's suspension game. without pay. Yeah, suspension without pay for a comment is pretty. That's not like it's not racial or. Durant. You know, yeah, it sounds like it's their golden boy got a little got a little offended by something that Mr. Green said. And he ran up the back back stairs to El Presidente over there. I don't even know who their president is. And uh, they they say, "All right, Draymond, you're gonna sit," because Golden Boy Durant over here is uh, that's the that's to me what it sounds like. He's he's crying to the owner. What's that about? Draymond gonna get traded? What do you think, Calvin? Surprise! Uh, no. No, I don't. I don't think he's going to get traded, but like, to start at this is the point, and this is like, yeah, it's all fine and dandy right now because Steph Curry's hurt, right? And so the Warriors aren't aren't coasting their way through games. But when he comes back, like, obviously they can't trade. They can't trade Draymond Green right now, right? That'd be what. What would be the point of that? Like. Then you make yourself vulnerable because you got to work in a new piece. You like what you have works. There's no way, even and, and however much he's a problem, like you can't do it. But like if if Kevin Durant leaves in this off season, then then do you go it, because Draymond Green is under contract for one more year after this year. Let's say Kevin Durant leaves in this off season. Do you then go? Is is it still worth it to deal with this side of Draymond Green? to, you know, put ourselves in in a position where we're still great when maybe we can trade him or, you know, not sign him to a huge, um, a max deal or a mega deal in order to, to move this team in a different direction. Is it worth it to deal with his BS? It is right now, right? But if, if Durant leaves, does that change the equation? Hello? Did you mute yourself for Okay, well, very, 
All right, so I never know what to do in this scenario because I don't know if he's gone or if he's just muted, can't speak. In any case, I think that I think that again they'll be fine this year. Um, it's just int- I almost feel like how much of this is driving Kevin Durant away. Like maybe he maybe he doesn't like Draymond, and and there's a change. I mean, he probably wants to leave no matter what because there's so much of that psychological element to Durant where. He's like taking so much crap for coming to the Warriors that he feels like he has to leave. And then I, the only way that anyone's going to like count any title that he wins is if he's on a different team. So I, I guess, but still. All right. Well, hopefully this is on the air. Uh, yeah. All right. So sorry. I don't know what happened there. I got disconnected. I heard the uh, the dial tone thing. Do, do, do. And then I, it was gone. I was gone. So now I'm back. I didn't hear anything you said. Everybody else heard you. How about that? All right. Fair enough. So what I was asking you is, is, is Draymond still worth it? I mean, I, 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 I made the point that, yeah, he's worth it right now, right? Because the Warriors, like, they're gonna, as long as they don't do anything to ruin this, they're going to win this year's title almost certainly, right? So, like, why would you do anything? Yeah, yeah. sure. Unless the Celtics actually – turn into the powerhouse that people expect them to. Yes. Golden State should should be the favorite and will probably beat the Celtics, yes. Right. So it's it's worth it no matter what. But if Kevin Durant then decides to leave, even if even if, here's the thing, even if Draymond Green is the one who drives him away, it's probably but it's probably still worth it. One, because I think I think Durant is going to leave no matter what. Because seems that way. And, and and I think it's because he's been so sensitive to like the fact that nobody's getting credit for this scenario and he needs to like start over somewhere else. And I don't even blame him for, for for it. And but he's just he's just too sensitive to what people think to to continue staying. But I'm sure Draymond Draymond is not helping. But at that point, at the point in which Durant leaves, right? Is it what I was asking you is like would it if you're the Warriors like is it still worth it to have Draymond Green on this team? Considering, like, um, the, I mean, it seems, it seems as though it probably is. He's a great defensive player. He's a he's a, a glue type of guy as well on a, on an all star type of level. He's a he's a role player that's an all star. And if you can find that as a sixth man type of player, even though he's not a sixth man, obviously, but you know what I mean. Like he impact wise and scoring wise, etc. He's not that type of of guy, but his impact on the game itself is big. It's it's huge. He's he he can get a triple double at any moment, in my opinion, and that that includes a couple steals a night. So um, he's a good guy to have on on a roster. If you start to alienate one of the best players in the league, then you better have another one of the best players in the league to, that's going to stick around. So Golden State will be fine if if the Durant walks. I think that sticking with Draymond Green is a good thing as long as it's okay with Steph Curry. And if Steph decides that he needs to get out of there because of Draymond, then you're in big trouble. So you got to make that decision maybe probably now because it's, it's happening with Durant. But if, if Steph's cool with, with uh, Draymond Calvin, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't try and, and hang, hang on to a guy like that. He's been around there for a while. They are a championship team right now. They're, they're turning into a dynasty, and he's been a big part of it. So Durant walks away. I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, Durant walking away is a, is a different story though, because depending on where he goes, it's going to be a tough battle for him. 
He can't, it's, you can't just go anywhere, and LeBron's going to find this out this year and be a championship-caliber team right away. You can't do it. So it's going to be a, a tough battle for him. If he wants it easy, if you, then he's not going to get that anywhere, I don't think, unless he comes to Boston, right? Or, or, or like Milwaukee, maybe? I mean, if they find a way, that's impossible. This is all pipe dream stuff. He's going to have to go to a team that's not that good if he wants to really start over. And that's going to be difficult for him to turn into a championship-caliber team overnight. So if he wants a challenge, then more power to him. He'll probably have people off his back because that's the big criticism of him, right? And that's what my, my criticism of him has been. So I will be off his back. But if he's not ready for that, then it, it may go really poorly. So that's, that's what I would, that I, I would think should be going through his head right now. Uh, either way, we're up against it here. A few minutes left. What do you think? Yeah, we so we, yeah, we can just close it out right now. We're good. All right. NBA heavy, a little baseball at the yeah. front, some fun clips. No NFL? Too bad. You love that. I do. I do love it. All right. All right. Um, what are we, how are we looking for next week? Um, I guess I should check the – I don't think there's a Celtics game. What is next week? The 20th? I think we're yeah. probably fine. Pretty sure we're All fine. Right. I think we got, right. we got two we... weeks in a row coming up here. Hopefully. Trying to pull it up. Just to get a last. Because if, if there's no Celtics game, then I'm good. And, of course, it's not loading. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, people can figure that out on their own. Google it or something. Check your right. schedule. I should have a wall calendar here with this because the stupid app's not pulling up. Refresh. All right, I'm gonna hit the button anyway. See you later. Night, right, everyone. Turn it back up.